on this episode of the Grown Life Podcast. And I, I learned in regards to that, number one, um, is to understand that healing is not linear, it is secular. Um, so really just being able to understand the fact that like we think healing is this straight line. And we think that once you get through part A, part B, one through 10, you should be good. And in fact, that's not the case. All right, what's up, y'all? It's Steven here again with another episode of the Grown Life Podcast. And before we even get started, let's pray, and then I'm going to go into everything else. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you and I praise you for who you are, God. I'm praying that you would be seen in this and not me. I pray that you would give us the words to speak, God, and I'm praying for motivation, encouragement, and empowerment for those that are seeking your will and your purpose in their lives. All these things I'm asking in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so the purpose of this podcast is to give motivation to grow through life love and everything in between grown for me is an acronym that stands for god first renew your mind operate in your purpose win and never forget god in your win so welcome 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 to the grown life podcast i know i switched it up a little bit from how i usually do it but that's because we have some special guests today so we have ashley and alex from facts with us podcast and these are my homies well alex is my homie from back in the day ashley is my new yeah, friend yeah. homie you know what i'm saying so i'm gonna let them introduce their sales and we can go from there alex you want to go first i can hey <laughs> well thank you for that introduction um yes it is an honor and, and just like so exciting just to be on your podcast and be able to talk. Um, so yeah, my name is Alex. Um, I am, well, I guess we did go to college back in the day. It's like been some years in the game now. Like it's way, way back. Like it's crazy to think about that and just what that is. Um, so my name is Alex. Uh, my profession, I work in higher education. I actually do compliance and policy um, in my day job, as well as I am a professor that focuses on culture and race, and I'm a huge social justice person. So it really kind of comes together in my passion and the work that I do, because since I do compliance and policy, and I'm all about equity and social justice, I'm constantly challenging the systems um, and that I am a part of and that we are a part of and trying to really just do the work um, to make sure it's better. So that's like pretty much what I do on a day-to-day basis outside of listening to music and that. Um, I would say when it comes to me and my purpose, um, I'm very fortunate that my job allows me to do a lot of the purpose work that I love, which is what I talked about before, equity, um, and what that looks like for people of color and my passion behind that. But I really just think that I'm here to be an educator in all senses, right? And really just to hopefully be able to give back. And I always say, you know, I may not be able to change the world, but if I can just change one person's world, then I've done my job. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me. That's real. I love it. Okay, Alex. Ashley. Yeah, yeah. So it's my turn. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Ashley. I also work in higher education. I'm on the other side of the house, though. I work in <laughs> academic advising. I was a volleyball coach, and then I said I'm going to take a break because, ooh, they be stressing me out. Um, I was also the athlete advisor and a professor for, like, first-year students, the first-year experience class, which is really awesome. 
seeing the academic side truly opened my eyes to what higher ed is on that side. And faculty live a cush life, I just would like to say. Um, My (laughs) purpose in life is actually completely different than what I do for work. My purpose in life is to help people um, obtain holistic wellness. So this topic is very much so on par because I am struggling with one part of the holistic wellness that I'm searching for, but uh, the like mental health is what I'm looking for. The physical health I have, I'm a personal trainer. Um, I work out about six times a week. I eat pretty healthy, drink a lot of water, like a gallon a day. You know, I'm in my, my business ministry. So just trying to live that way, but also bring blessings to other people. So my purpose is to bring holistic wellness Um, both physical and mental health to people that come across my path. Yo, that is, that is lit. And I'm, I'm with that. Like I'm definitely with the, uh, you know what I'm saying? The mind my business (laughs) ministries. That's good. (laughs) Like you need to put that on the shirt and sell that ASAP. All right. So thank y'all for introducing yourselves guys. And I really appreciate having you guys on here. And I know I kind of knowing Alex and also knowing you, Ashley, it's been been one of those things that we kind of talk about is is mental health and honesty and therapy. And for me, I'm a Christian and I know for a lot of people, you kind of hear the whole like, yeah, well, therapy is enough or prayer is enough. And for me, I'm a firm believer believer in prayer and therapy. And so a lot of this work kind of came from and the topic for today is just truth and therapy. So for me, therapy has been pivotal, pivotal, pivotal in my growth as a person, as a man and as a Christian as well. And I really in all of this, what therapy and what counseling kind of did for me was it forced me to be honest with me, forced me to understand, hey, I have I was dealing with things and working through things, but it allowed me to break down those that those pride barriers or those barriers that I had to become a better person. And all of that starts with being honest with you, being honest with God, and then and being honest with the people that you trust to counsel you and, and give you that therapy that you need. So we're going to go kind of into it, guys. I know uh, for me, I don't. And if you haven't listened to this podcast, I'm thankful for everybody listening now. And it's just a I just kind of want to hear what you guys think about just being truthful with yourself. I know for me, that was kind of the biggest thing. You had to get over that hurdle of, yo, am I really where I think I am right now? Like I'm finna go ask for help? question mark so i guess how did you guys kind of get through that or what kind of things are you guys did you guys deal with as far as being honest with yourself and and how therapy is seen in that way Ash, me i was like because alex has a great story so i'm gonna go first um <laughs> so ironically i well not really if you grew up in a black household we all know black people don't go to therapy it was a thing right up until maybe mm-hmm. about 2018 2019 I think it got pretty normalized um but I also didn't grow up with Christian parents so I too am a Christian and me and Jesus have a really great relationship it wasn't until 2019 where I think um God personally thumped me on the forehead and would drag me and that he did it out of love um that really made me stand up and look in the mirror and say sis where you thought you were you were not um and in August I got baptized and when I got baptized, I remember not being scared of the baptism itself, not being scared of the walk with Christ, but being scared of letting go of the person I built because that person I could protect. 
And so when I <sighs> got baptized, essentially, you know, you get submerged in water, but essentially it's death to my old self and then hello to this new self. But with that new self, I think we think, oh, I came back up and my two legs walk. Um, and they work. But for me, it wasn't that. I felt like I got up and yes, these physical legs worked, but I was a baby all over again. I'm learning things for the first time. I'm learning words I didn't know. I'm letting go of words that I used to use in the past. And so that person, this person that I am, um, is actually someone that I'm still getting to know. So honesty becomes hard, but it's really all I know because I really feel like I'm in toddler stages um, not necessarily of my Christianity, but in some ways with my walk with God, I feel still very young in my walk, but also learning this new person. So things I used to do to protect myself, I know that I can't do that because that doesn't align with the will of God um, and what he has for my life. And so God has given me provision and I'm like, OK, so then I'm questioning, wait, I don't I'm not that person. I'm not there yet. I can't. And he's like, can't ain't in our vocabulary. And so actually Alex's dad said the same thing to me, like, stop saying can't, stop saying that word. And I find myself catching myself when I say, well, I okay, but it's something that I mm -hmm. used to do. And it was a part of the person I used to be. But the person I was a year ago and the person I am today are very different. Um, and I'm still learning what being truthful with this new Ashley looks like. Um, which is why I think I'm scared of the whole therapy part because it's dealing with the old Ashley, but not bringing her back. Yo, like when I tell you, I feel that on a spiritual <laughs> level. One, I, I, I'm going to say this, right? As a, as a black man to a black woman, I'm proud of you. And I know that sounds oh, really cliche, but that the part that I, I really spiritually agree with and I feel that on a spiritual level is because I understand. Right? I've been a Christian since I was like almost out the womb, for real, for real. But feeling like a toddler in who I am now, I get it. And it's, it's learning how to be and to live in the newfound space that you're in, right? So for me, I gave up drinking and smoking. And when that is your life, you have to learn completely different things outside of what you're so used to. And so I think a lot of times as quote unquote believers, people get so caught up in, oh, you just do this. So you just do that. And they forget kind of where they were. And it's like, look, I'm, I'm dealing and living with this now. And it's also like, OK, well, this is who I used to be learning those new spaces, but also dealing with those people around me as well that have seen me in both places. And they're like, all right, cool. Well, they're going to still treat me as I was this and and dealing with all those nuances. So I definitely feel that on a spiritual level for 100 percent sure. Because your legs work, Boy. you know, what I'm saying as a high, I can still I can I can run to the liquor store yes. if I wanted to. But I know that's not what is what is best for me. I think I think I think it was Paul that said every just because everything is good, and you can do anything. Everything isn't yeah. beneficial. And I think is learning learning that place and even outside of a Christian space I know that is important as well because it's like some things even when it comes to being honest you have to be honest with yourself to know hey bro this just this is not beneficial like cussing you out in in no kind of form is beneficial to me like I may feel better for 2.2 seconds but you know what I'm saying the ashes and debris fall in places where I don't exactly. want to go so I'm gonna just let that yeah. be where it is Alex it's on you man how do I follow all that? <laughs> My God. <laughs> um, 
oh, where do I start? <clears throat> so I have, I think, a different perspective because um, I've been actually going to therapy for a couple years now. And it's something that I am extremely vocal about. Um, I've talked about it on our podcast. I talk about it as a professor. I talk about it at conference sessions um, because it's something that's extremely important. And I, I agree with what Ashley said. You know, I, I feel like a couple years ago, it started becoming something that is more acceptable. And I only feel that through talking about it and through um kind of breaking that stigma, can we really get the help that we need? You know, growing up black, right, in America, that's not something, therapy isn't something that um, we were taught to go to or to, to deal with. And a lot of that has to do with historical things, not going down that path, because I know that I can when it comes, we talk about like the history <laughs> in, in America and why that is. Um, but it's true. And so for me, um, a couple years ago, I had a series of just like life, uh, crazy life situations that happened. Um, and Ashley was actually there for all of it. For those of you who don't know, Ashley is like my sister. So she said when, not like she is. So for like when she said, oh yeah, Alex's dad said this, like, yeah, like we were in the house and like my dad told her like, that's his second daughter. So mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago, I had a few things happen at once. Um, so of course, you know, all the work that I do as far as my job. Um, I was in the middle of a doctorate. Um, I dealt with a really bad breakup and I also had someone stalking me. So like it was a series of things that I had to deal with, like the being scared of like what that looks like, um, literally just like falling on the floor and crying because I was so scared. Ashley was there for that when it comes to like trying to deal and like get this new norm of like someone stalking you and what does that look like and police charges and it was it was just so much so I you know I work in this field in higher ed where we talk about going and getting um, support and what are you doing with it but I knew that it had to be done because I was like I was just drowning my you know I have a sick parent um, and I was waiting for news about hit like it was just one thing after one thing after one thing and I knew that I needed to go get I needed to talk to somebody right um and so that's kind of what pushed me in that direction of going to therapy and I spent a lot of time of but finding a therapist somebody that would understand me somebody that I felt comfortable with um and that's still the same person that I go to today and from then to now I have grown exponentially of course got through those like that crazy time of my life. But after that, it's really allowed me, and I would say with therapy, to really understand why it is that I respond to things the way that I do. Um, You really have to be honest, right? Um, If you're going to therapy and you want it to work, like you can't, you can't lie, you know what I mean? You can't BS it. And I think that's the most important part. And literally having someone hold a mirror in front of you and like say, oh no, like let's talk about this and let's dig into why. Um, it's a lot. Doing the work is hard. Um, for me, what I decided in this process is that we have generational curses that like as black people in this country and in families and different things, that we have to, like, we have to break. I have a saying that, you know, I go to therapy to deal with all the people in my life who don't go to therapy. Um, but that's real. And you don't realize. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's real. Like, I'm like, if y'all would just go to that's therapy, real. I would be fine. But now I got to go and do this. Um, but it's, 
it has become a really important because for me and what I say is like, I don't want my children um, to have to go through the same things generation after generation that we've gone through. You know what I mean? And what that looks like. I'm sure my kids will be messed up in another way and they will have to go get therapy because their mama was crazy <laughs> for whatever reason. But, <laughs> but um, there are certain things that I wanted to address. And it's really interesting because as I've spent this time in therapy, the way that I now respond to situations and emotional things, it's very different. Um, my ability to look at people and understand triggers, understand why other people do what they do, my level of self-awareness. Like when I tell you it has been the best thing that I've ever done in my life, I truly, truly believe that. Um, has it been the easiest thing? Absolutely not. It's the hardest thing, but it has been the best thing. And I tell people, you know, you can go to the gym and you can work out and you can eat this and you can do that, but like drink all the alkaline water in the world. And But if you're like mental, isn't right mm. then you're not okay yeah. and i think that's the piece that we have to really focus on um and it's important for us to do that so like uh, you know I, I struggle with going to the gym consistently but one thing i have not missed in two years is every week i have my appointment um everyone in my life knows that at this time and this day like if you contact me i'm not gonna answer i literally do not miss my appointment outside of like being out of town or like you know getting sick or something like that um, and it's, it, it, I mean, the fruits of that have been truly remarkable. And, um, it's interesting because a few weeks ago, um, I actually found out some information, um, about like my parents, my dad shared some, some information with me and it just goes to show you how, you know, my whole life, I didn't have this, this, this piece of information that he shared with me. And when he shared it with me, it's clear how generationally things that I do, he passed, like he pa got passed on to me. Um, you know, he went through some stuff, which is why he had the work ethic that he had, et cetera, et cetera. All that got passed on to me, but because of the, essentially the trauma that he went through, um, I started taking on those traits, not even knowing why, and just seeing how generation generationally it passed on. Um, and I think what prepared me to hear what he told me was really the, the years of therapy that I had. And I'm actually so proud of my father because he was able to come back and he's an old black man. And to be able to come back and say like, this is what it is. And like, and he sees that I'm breaking that cycle, I think is huge. So yeah, that's, that's the short version <laughs> of me and therapy um, and how I got to, to where I am today with it. No, I feel that. Like that's, that's definitely real. And I think one thing that you hit on that that is so evident to just one in everybody in general, just the human community is generational curses. And I think a lot of it comes from really sitting down and understanding and figuring out what it is because, and I think for, this is just my personal opinion, take whatever two cents you want to, but a lot of times they, our parents may have not have dealt with something completely but they just kind of like, okay, cool, this is what it is. I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm going to just throw it in the closet, and this is just going to be what it is. And so when things kind of show up in our lives and things like that, we as a as a generation are taking that time to, to really fix those curses so that way we don't pass that down to the next generation. Yeah. And I agree with that 100%, and I think that's a part of growth as well, right? Being able to... One of the things, like, my dad was kind of the same way. I realized, like, yo, dad, we live the exact same life. 
and that's really scary on one side, but it's also like, yo, you should have told me this beforehand. And then it's, you get to that point, and my mom and my dad said the same thing. They're like, son, even if I would have told you this 10 years ago, you wouldn't have listened. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's real, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're right. You're, yeah. you're right. And could you have had and the capacity to understand what it is that they told you? Or to? maturity to accept it. The maturity part is the thing. And I think, and I'm going to bring this all back into it. So we got the Christian and we got the, the, the therapy. And so for me, that Christian counseling for me was what did it, right? So to your point, Alex, breaking those generational curses, right? The things that I gave up at the end of 2019 were things that I needed to give up, but I also realized they were generational curses, right? There are things that my dad dealt with it or my grandfather dealt with or whoever dealt with before me. And now it's like, yo, I don't want to pass that to my kids. And then for me being a Christian and, and faith being such a huge part of my life, I realized that if I don't fix this now, then my life can really go like down the drain, like quick. And I think it took me getting to a rock bottom point to have to fix and realize these things. And the thing that I, I like about my counselor, my, like my counselor is like a, I would call him like a spiritual uncle slash father figure in that way. Kind of somebody that's there. He's an older white guy. I love him to death. He he keeps it real. But one of the things that I learned in Christian counseling is at the end of the day, if you're doing it for a reason outside of yourself, is sometimes you get you get so used to, like we were talking about before, lying to yourself or not being able to tell you the truth. But if you're doing it for something that is bigger than you, something that is greater than you, then it's like you're more willing to to stick to it. And for me, that's my faith, right? Knowing that I have power in Jesus Christ to do the things that he is calling me to do. And then it gives me a different level of hope as well. Like, I, I agree. Therapy is tough. Like having those conversations, having somebody hold a mirror to you and you having to to accept, hey, bro, this is this is who you were as a person. You sucked as a person <laughs> like and but it's, it's that maturity, right? Going to that maturity of knowing, hey, I, I need to, to, to fix this because for me, it's like if I don't fix this now, then when? Right. If I don't get help with this now then win, right? You Some things you just don't wake up one day, all right, cool, yeah, this is what it is, right? And then the, the thing is also is getting to the root of the issue. And this is, if nothing else that anybody hears from me, at least, is I really want to urge even just our generation, man, 25-year-olds, 26-year-olds, 28-year-olds, whatever, anybody between 21 and 30, get to the root, the real root of the issue, because I and this is what I learned in counseling that's helped me out. Everything that we do to self-medicate, it stems from a root cause and a root problem. Right. I don't think I have ever truly heard anybody being like, yep, I'm just the happiest person in the world. I, right, cool, I need to go get drunk now or I need to go get high now or I need to do this now. or I need to do that now. Right. I don't I haven't necessarily heard that now. I could be wrong. And I'm, that may be a general statement, but. For me, it's like, yo, when you when you get to the root of the issue, you realize, okay, I'm doing this and I want to escape my pain because of this. And that for me is what got down to that problem. And I know for me, a lot of things were riding on me 
getting this together. First, my relationship with, with God, for real, for real. Because, and actually, I know you can attest to this. It's like, you can tell when you have that distance there. It's like when you go from having it and you're just like, ooh, something feel off or something feel wrong. And it's like, ooh, I don't like this. But then what, what that manifests in it, it manifests in your distance from other people as well. So I've seen the difference in my relationship. I've seen the distance with my parents. I've seen the distance with other close relationships that I have. And I'm like, yo, hmm. But when I started getting my walk with Jesus Christ back together and really focusing on, on doing and living the right way, it's like, yo, I, I see it now. I get it now. And it, for me, everything kind of went back to the whole pride piece, right? And I, and I think that's a... I know that's a women thing too, but for the most part, that's a that's a big man thing. Like black men in pride, it just kind of goes together like peanut butter and jelly, for real, for real. Because that's what we're taught and how we're raised. It's like, yo, boy, be a man, be a man about it. But you have to really get to that point where you're looking in the mirror. And at the end of the day, it's being honest with yourself. And I think if nothing else, therapy is therapy and counseling have taught me, yo, be be honest with you. It's okay not to be okay. Sometimes like it's it's okay to state that like it's okay to say look I'm not okay but this is what we're going toward, and I I'm glad and I'm thankful to have people in my community like Alex and Ashley for sure because they give people the voice to be able to say hey it's okay not to be okay but let's work on it and the reason why I had you guys on this podcast is because you are in a very very pivotal area. You're dealing with college students that are about to go in the workforce. You both know what it's like to get that first job and be like, um, Jesus, how am I supposed to have all this work experience? And I just graduated from college. Just, just let me know. I know you can make a way, but uh, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to see uh, how these five thousand gonna get fed. With the two goldfish and uh, a chicklet. That's what I'm trying to understand. You feel me? But, and I, and I support <laughs> you guys on. and I'm appreciative for you guys because mm-hmm. you're able to give not just, you know, oh, this is what you should do, but you're able to give real practical knowledge and understanding. Like, hey, yo, this is what worked for me. And this is what, this is how I handle the situation. Now you can go be better than me. And I think that's what therapy is. Therapy, I know for me, therapy has helped me with my job in dealing with difficult people. Because when you're in white corporate America as a black man, you learn to bite your tongue a lot. And a lot of times you see that as weak or as as whatever. But the, the best piece of advice I ever got was the the person that bites their tongue the most is the strongest person in the room because it takes a really strong person to to tame your tongue. And I didn't understand that until mm-hmm. going through therapy. And I'm like, yo, I'm kind of toxic. I'm a toxic person. <laughs> like, like, ooh, my tongue is like that. And so that to kind of flip <laughs> flip that into a question, I guess if you could if you could pick one thing, and I know this is kind of off the fly, but if you could pick one of the the best things that you learned from from therapy, Alex and then Ashley, what? What is like the best thing that that you've learned from your walk with Jesus Christ, right? What for each of you, what is like that that one nugget or that one thing that you would tell somebody like, hey, this is what therapy did for me or this is what my relationship with Jesus Christ did for me? Because we really just trying to help the people that are listening to this podcast. Mm. 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 Mm.
Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> oh, wow. Shout out to my therapist, man, because my therapist gave me a lot of stuff. Um, and it's been amazing. I think maybe one of the biggest things um, that I struggled with is that um, for <laughs> reasons of my childhood, whatever that is, um, I... I had I struggled with I would get mad at myself for getting upset. So when something bothered me, like I don't know, say like say okay, just say a breakup, right? Say say this like I don't know, something like that, right? Um, you know, yes, of course, like when you first break up, you're sad and you're upset and it's like it's expected and you know, you may cry or you may not, or you may be angry or you may go to the gym and punch a punching bag or whatever that is. Um, it's kind of expected, right? And so then you go through that and then you start to kind of move forward and all of a sudden like you you think about it or you get upset or you know you're driving and you don't know why and it's like well it's been a couple weeks and what's going on and you know whatever. And so a couple things and I've, I I learned in regards to that number 1 um is to understand that healing is not linear it is secular. Um, so really just being able to understand the fact that like, we think healing is this straight line and we think that once you get through part A, part B, one through 10, you should be good. And in fact, that's not the case. Healing and the grief process and understanding that means you have to understand that it is a cycle and that you will go through this cycle and what it looks like until you finally process through, um, you know, these emotions and even after that. And so for me in understanding that, I had to learn that because uh, healing is a cycle, that there are going to be times when I am upset and I had to, or my therapist had to like sit there and say, well, Alex, why are you upset with yourself if you're sad mm -hmm. or mad? And I was like, well, because I shouldn't be. And he's like, but that's how you feel. Why are you mad at the way that you feel? You, your feelings are real and your feelings are valid. And you feel that way for a reason. And so one of the things that I had to learn how to do, um, and actively it took work, and I, have, I don't know if it's something that I'll ever be completely like amazing with, um, but I can definitely tell the difference now versus like um, initially, is I had to learn how to, number one, be very aware of my body, the feelings that I feel when I talk to people, what happens. And so when maybe I'm upset about something or I was upset about something a couple of weeks ago and the feeling comes back or I'm sad, being able to acknowledge it, like recognize it, acknowledge it, and like sit there with it and do not get mad at myself for feeling a certain type of way and instead allow myself to feel it and then process through that and acknowledge it and say, okay, like, let me have my moment and then allow it and work through it. Because that's really the only way that you're going to, like, in a healthy way, work through things that are happening in your life. And it, it makes a distinct difference because things are always going to happen. And so how you work through that and you're processing through that is important um and so i think that that would be maybe one of the the biggest or one of the the tips that i would say from therapy and understanding that healing isn't mm. uh linear and also like giving yourself grace and not getting mad at yourself for feeling things because that's the way that you will like you that, will get that part like, that part alex out here like, dropping like, gems that, that. 
Jenny's like bombs out here. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Sheesh. Alex <laughs> said, healing is that not part. linear. Hey. It's cyclical. And then give yourself grace. Woo. All right. Cool. I feel red today. Thank you for that, Alex. Sheesh. Yeah. I was about to say, can we, um, sis, you got to go back. Yeah, I'm, you talk, like, I'm sitting up here. Who like, invited okay. her? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, who invited Alex? Goodness gracious. Why you screaming so loud? I feel that. Yo, right. Actually, it's, it's on sis, you. Like, boy, boy, you're going to, bro. You know, then I'm going to just. Ooh. Oh, I feel it. It's coming. Because, listen, because you know it's coming, right? You know it's coming. Um,. So, one, can I say, I second that motion, Alex, because all of that. And that hit me last year harder than I think it's ever hit me before. And my favorite scripture um, says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. Come on. And you got to know it. And so what we were learning about in church yesterday really solidified why I love that um, scripture so much. And it's the whole thing. Like, just please read the whole thing. But in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, um, there's a father whose child is sick. And God says, if you believe, then the child will be healed. He said, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so where I am in my walk with God is yes, God, I believe you. But then life happens and I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. Like I believe you, but like part of me don't believe. And I don't know if I'm allowed. And so then I get not frustrated, but I get like nervous. Like, well, God, if you know my heart and like, you know, I believe, but my mind, right? My mind is the unbelieving part Um, or it's questioning some things or you gave me vision six months ago and I ain't seeing nothing. Or, you know, you told me these things were going to happen and I'm not seeing it. Or people are prophesying over my life. I'm prophesying over somebody else's life. And I didn't even know that I had the ability to do so. But I still feel like I'm stuck in certain areas of my life. And there are some things where I'm like, I have been freed of that bondage. And there's other things where I'm like, Lord, me and that bondage have a real tussle. And I need you to help. Um, And that whole part of like, I believe, but help my unbelief is a cry out from my soul and not my spirit. My spirit is calm. My spirit understands Jesus is all things. My spirit understands that the Holy Spirit is leading me. My soul is upset because my soul starts to deal with my flesh. And as they fight and as I'm saying, okay, God, well, what about this? Or like you said, I still get upset sometimes. And no, I don't want to cuss you out. But in my mind, I done cussed you out three times. Real. I done had the whole argument. I know That's what you so was going to say. I know what I was going to say. I know every pause. I know every <laughs> yes. clap. And like, it's so hard because it may not come out. And I may send you back a, you know what, you got it. You know what I'm saying? I'm praying for your best because I know that's what I'm supposed to say, but it's not what my it's not what I want to say. So I'm still wrestling with my flesh to say, God, I don't even want them thoughts or are those thoughts okay? Because I have them, but I didn't say them. And am I allowed to be that human? Um, I think the other part of it, as you talked about, anyone between like 21 and 30, we still live in a culture. And the culture is turn up culture. It may not be city girls this summer, but it may be hot girls this summer. Like, everybody is you know pop that pop that shake that do this that and the third and i'm like i might listen to a song or two but i also know where those songs take me and i can't so when i tell people like i don't go out i may go out but i may not go i leave at nine nine thirty because i know that's when the 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 lounge or the mm. 
the area we were in, the restaurant or whatever might turn into a club, that's my cue to go. Because I know me in that atmosphere, Ashley was a turn up queen. You couldn't tell me nothing. What? From sun up to sundown, what's going on? But now where I am, I can't be in that. The hard part though is when I come back home, I'm still sitting with that. So I'm like, dang, all my friends out doing, you know, wretched stuff. And I ain't really being wretched. Or for like me and Alex love to brunch. But when we brunched, we were had bottomless mimosas. Well, I have to curb some of that. Like, it's not saying I can't go, but I may just have coffee until 2 p.m. And y'all have to deal with me being wired. Because, like you said, the Ashley that drank, I have two alcoholic parents. I don't want that in my life. I don't need that in my life. And when God took it away, I said, okay. Every blue moon, I, I might have a little bit of wine, but I kid you not. Hangover? I'd be like, Jesus, I took a sip. That's how you feel? Wreck me. Wreck me. <laughs> And I literally am like, you know what? That was him saying, again, I, we took this away. I don't know why you keep bringing it back. Cool. Same thing with dating or talking to people. Like, oh, God, fine. Come on. Hello. And he's like, mm, sis, play too much. Play too much. That's not it. That's not the one. And I immediately, something that they say or do, I'm like, mm, don't even like it. Like, it, all of that is no. And that's hard, too, because, again, in this culture, it's one buys your lunch and one picks you up and one does this. And I'm like, I don't have that much energy for people. I just want somebody to call me and randomly start praying. You know, just just cover me because you don't know what I'm going into today, but I don't know what you're going into. Let me pray before we go to bed. You call me in the morning, wake me up with prayer. Like, that's what I want. But a lot of people right now want to be in the culture, even the people I sing hallelujah with on Sunday. And I'm not mad. That's not judgment because I want to do it too. I'm not going to lie. But that is where my belief and unbelief are tussling. So my spirit is calm and the Lord is taking care of all of that. My spirit is legit. My soul though, and the Lord knows because we've been talking about it, which is why this topic of therapy is so prevalent because two people have told me now, like you should just go to therapy to talk through some of this stuff because I've said it to people. I've confessed it to a person. But the Lord is like, yes, but that's not the right person. You did. You did what the law says. You did. You confessed it to your partner. You confessed it to your community, your neighbor. But that's not that's not going to help you get through it. So I talk to God all the time about things I struggle with. And he's like, I can only give you so much. There is a person I put on this earth with a degree that you do not have. Sis, that can walk you through all of it. And I need that. I know I do. I know that I am scared to deal with that person. Because I don't know how to recover after that. Again, there was a person I built and then I got Mm -hmm. submitted under God. And as I'm walking, I'm like, Lord, I am very scared. Because if I start dealing with that, I have to start asking questions of my parents. And I'm not sure. I want to know the answer, unfortunately. But I feel like I need to before, if you open my womb, I have to know how to deal with this so we don't pass on another generational curse. But we raise up our children and train up our children and the way that they should go. So I know where I struggle and I know where I'm scared. (laughs) But I also know where my faith lies, which is why Rona ain't getting me, sis. She got to stay over there. But my, my God is so strong that he's like, I need you to not only be wise in your word and read your word. I need you to help other people keep their calm in this time where fear is the only thing the kingdom of darkness wanted cool i got you i can do that um but when i come back in the house though i feel like i'm depleted so lord i'm coming back to you mm-hmm. for all of my energy and that's where i go into the word and say like this is what i need to fuel my soul so it's a lot but jesus has taken care of all of it i am forever grateful um and to be a 20 something and do this journey i'm more grateful for mm-hmm. that 
because I would hate to have to learn these lessons at 40 something or 50 something. When I have kids trying to explain two different types of Ashley, then to get this Ashley together, be the God fearing woman God called me to be, continue to bless other people. And when my kids see me, they only know this person. So when people are like, girl, your mom used to cut up, they like, who mama? <laughs> like, I want the who mama. And I could be like, I could cut a rug. You know, at that point, I'm going to just be old. But that's God what I aspire money. to. Oh, yeah. So. Well, you screamed loudly, too. <laughs> I just throw that out there. Um, you, you screamed. I, uh, I have to agree with you. You know, you said something, and I think it's so real. An understanding culture and your partners and people. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'm talking to this guy, and you know, you know what he said to me and what we do at night before we go to sleep? He said, let's pray. We'd be on the phone and he's like, let me, let me pray. And I said, oh, well, that's my husband. I said it. Um, but like, I'm telling you in this age of like people and this Instagram and mm. like, you know, uh, send me naked pictures and this and all this other stuff. And literally, and you're, you're right. I think it's true. Your awareness of like, when it comes to talking to people, like, um, your self-awareness is what makes me know as soon as I, you know, when you start talking to someone, like, nah, this, this, this ain't it, sis. But, like, also with that, and you, y'all, send me a pic, send me this, but instead to say, you know what, like, so, you know, we're on the phone and whatnot, like, okay, like, we're praying tonight before we go to sleep. Like, it's, that Ooh. is so powerful. Right. And I have to, it, it just, it makes a difference, yeah. you know? Yes, it does. I can't let him listen to this because I, <laughs> I can't. I'll edit it I can't. Out. I can't let he him know. He's gonna be like, "Oh, I'm your husband." Yeah. He's gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, I, nah, I can't. I can't let. I can't. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. Go ahead and uh, you know, because I can't let let the people know that you know. Hey, I, 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 hey you know, that hey, I gotta. It's play, so gotta funny. Come on, this whole conversation <laughs> is funny, but in a y'all talk too loud kind of way. Um, yeah. So that whole cultural piece, I get it. Like that whole unbelief piece mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna talk to all of that, then say my piece, right? So, for you, Alex, talking about praying at night, that's something that me and my fiance do every morning when we go to sleep. We pray before we go to bed because keeping God in the like in the as a forefront of your relationship, what it does is for the man, is you're submitting to something that is other than yourself. You have somebody that is governing you in what you do. So, at the end of the day, when it comes down to him stepping out of line, you'd be like, Mm-mm, I'm going to talk to Jesus about you. Don't worry about it. And I promise you, Jesus can get him. Jesus can get him a whole lot better than than you can get him. Um, that's so real. And that's the scary part about it is because women submit to men in that way of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like fighting words to some people, but women submit to men in the in the relationship kind of terms. Right. And that just means you're on the same mission together, working towards something. But the man is submitted to God in that way because when it comes down to being the protector, provider, or whatever, that man is is the one that is responsible for that. And so I think for me, as I'm about to get married, that's something that's very, very heavy on my mind, making sure that I'm in the good spiritual place to lead not only my future wife, but my family. Because at the end of the day, their spiritual... Um, their spiritual health, their spiritual walk, their emotional health, their emotional walk, they're going to be provided for. At the end of the day, if it does not get done, it is on me. And so that part of it is knowing, like, I got help in this. Like, if he's praying with you every night, I'm not saying in everything else keep him, but in that part keep him because it's like he's got more help 
and he's got somebody that has his back that is greater than every problem and whatever that you guys will deal with. And I know that's helped me and my fiance in our relationship, hands down. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that. And even his awareness, like, I have to say this, too. I think, you know, there's so many times we talk like, oh, you know, black man ain't shit and da-da-da-da-da. And, and it's like all this other stuff. And it's like, first of all, pause. Like, that's not every black man and or every person. Like, let's, let's back that up. Because I think even that statement comes from this place of hurt that you haven't gotten healed with, number one. Um, and then number two, also looking back and saying like, okay, like what qualities and what do you have? And, you know, even with him, I have to give him, you know, his credit because he's, um, he was an educator at one point, um, and he worked in the mental health field at one point. And so his awareness of like things. And I think like the other day I was really frustrated about something and I was like, in the morning, I was just like calling him driving to work and I was venting about something. Um, and so I think later on that day, I just thanked him. I said, Hey, thanks for letting me vent. He's like, no, like those are your feelings and that's how you feel. And I'm like, listen to this black man, be aware and like know about things and be, I'm like, that's cause he worked in the mental health field. So he understands it. But I, it's just, it's a different level of like, I think awareness and openness. And I think he's like very similar to you in the sense of like super aware of therapy, super aware of God, you know what I mean? And so what that looks like in the balance in him, you can tell he's at a different level of peace than other men that I've, you know what I mean? Like talk to him what that looks like. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, good or bad or whatever else. Right. So now I'm going to talk to the, uh, to the nigga in me. Um, And I say that, and I say that very, very openly and honestly, and I say it that Nigga. way because to that side, and this is what Ashley was talking about in my head, it's to the side of, of being spiritual and being like, God, like you got it, and you submitting yourself to God, you still have that part of you that just won't die. Like, and it's and it's difficult, and you have that dichotomy of, yo, I want to do the right thing, and it's really what comes down to what you feed so I respect anybody that's like, bro, you know what I'm saying? I go to brunch with my friends or whatever, and I'm just, that's just not me. And I, and I respect that so much more now because I know how difficult it can be and it is. So like for me, in my case, one of the, the things that um, kind of got me and my fiance was just sex before marriage. And I know this is a touchy topic for a lot of people. That's fine. Y'all do what y'all do, but I'm going to tell y'all what worked for us. Um, in that, we were feeling that God was pulling us to not do that. And culturally, as a Christian, it's cool to drink. It's cool to, you know, get whatever you would do, still or whatever. And you've seen so many people in these places of Christian power, these preachers or ministers, whoever, that can do that thing and they still be all right. And you kind of, you drift away from what God is calling you to do. And you're like, but they can do it. So okay, I'm, I'm going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? God still got me. He still love me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still going to be all right. But then you don't realize what that does and how that affects your future. And I think for me, that's what I'm dealing with currently, how the decisions of the past are affecting my future, right? How me sleeping with all of these people, how that is affecting my current relationship. And and my dad made this point. He was like, son, just imagine... And I was able to listen to it then, but imagine having to tell your partner every person that you slept with. I'm just like, <laughs> whoo, Jesus. But I understand it now after the fact, because it's like now now there's a different level of uncertainty. There's a different level of disbelief. There's a different level of 
them being compared to whoever else and dealing with all of that. But for us, when we decided, hey, we're not going to have sex anymore because God was calling us to do that. It was just like, okay, we're committing this cultural piece of our relationship to to you, God. You got it. Like, this is something that should be done in marriage because you got it. And it was hard. Not going to sit here and lie to you. Going from getting some to not getting some ain't ain't easy. But it is what that did was it it showed one, the heart piece of like, God, you got it. Mm-hmm. Like you got my heart. But then also it started to build maturity and it started to build uh perseverance with, within me. It's like, yo, you, you have so much other time to do different things. You worry about different things. You're like, look, I, and then it, what it does is it shows a respect for yourself and it shows a respect for someone else. It's like, look, I respect you enough to, to not do this and to not go there. That's just my opinion and my thought on it. And then the cultural piece is like, look, so many times in culture, we follow what other people have done and other people have said, and it's like, okay, cool. I can do this. It's okay. It's not a problem. It's not that bad. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, but they don't tell you what that leads to on the other side of that. Right. And I think that's the one thing that I have a problem with in culture. And the one thing that I'm seeing now that I'm like, yo, just think, cause for me, I smoked like tobacco for like eight years and if I would have known then at 18 how hard it was would be to stop at 26, I'd have been like, but don't even don't even do that to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't even do that to yourself. Then it don't seem like a big deal. But now, like you you don't realize how much money you spend. You don't realize all of that stuff. So I definitely agree with both of you guys as far as the cultural piece and as far as the the time in every season and healing being cyclical because I think about that song by Jonathan McReynolds where it's like, yo, didn't I conquer that last year? You know what I'm saying? Didn't I go through that and and fix that and and work on that last year and last time? And for me, it's like, yo, it's a continual thing. And I think um, to kind of wrap it up, for me, what I'm hearing is, Everybody has that thorn in the flesh. I know Paul in the in I forgot what chapter it is, but Paul was like, "Look, I have a thorn in the flesh." And one of those things for me, how I interpret that is just if we if God took that thorn away, then we would have we wouldn't need Him. We wouldn't have to to continually depend on Him for what we needed in that way. It's like, look, if if it was so easy to give up culture, one we probably wouldn't give it up until the last minute anyway. Or we would never get into it. So for me, I know I'm I'm hard headed, dumb, and stupid. So I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll give this up whenever I feel like it. You know, if it's easy, I can do it again. Don't worry about it. But when it's hard and you really have to trust in God for it, it's like, look, all right, cool. Before I before I go back, though, I got to think twice. And I think a lot of times God will send you back near a situation or near your past in that way to show you not what you're missing, but to show you how much different it is on this side. Because one thing that I've learned in counseling and biblical counseling is if you go back at this point, it's on you. You you will feel the same way that you did when you left it the first time, but then you will be like, dang, but I know better. And was it worth it? So for me, it's understanding, yo, is it worth it? Is And in all of it, it comes down to pride. Again, like, do I want to choose what I want to do or what God wants me to do? And when you realize that what God has for you is always better than what you have for yourself, then you you work 
in that different way. It's like, yo, I can I can go talk to everybody I want to, but that's going to affect my future. <clears throat> that's going to affect what God has for me. And then the other point that I have is even when you go through your darkest mm-hmm. days, even when you're in the wrong, you're the person that messed up or whatever, God still has a purpose for you and he can still use you. I think at my lowest point, it was, yo, I don't know how God will be able to use me. I don't know how God will be able to do this through me. Why am I still here or whatever? And not not having that quote unquote suicidal thought moment, but getting to that point where it's like, yo, I am a mess up. I don't know why I'm here. What am I here for? And in that, it's still, I have a purpose for you. I am still calling you to do something. You are still here for a reason. Yes, you messed up. Pick yourself up in me. And then we're going to want to go forward because I got you in this and I will get you through this. Like I have you in this moment, but I will continue to get you through this. And so for me, it's a in the lowest point, God always gives you hope. And I think in in all of this, with everything that's going on, sometimes people are so scared and all of this. It's like, look, you're not dead. God still has something for you, period. When you're not breathing, then it's like, all right, you, you know, you either with Jesus or you're not. So, so it's like you, you have, you still have hope. Like if you are still breathing, you still have hope that he has something for you to accomplish and to reach. And I love what Alex said at the very, very beginning. It's like, if I don't reach a hundred thousand people, that's cool. But I'm really just looking to reach that one. Yeah. So we have a lot to kind of um, wrap, wrap up here, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep it like this. I took notes and then we're going to get into our thankful segment, but one thing I love from Alex is healing is not linear. It's cyclical. And then give yourself grace. Love it. Love it. And then from Ashley, one thing I got was, yo, God, help me with my unbelief. Help me in culture. But also there is a season for everything. God has a season for everything. And then just yeah. for me, just God has a reason. That there's a reason and for every season. There's also a calling for your life. Like, all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose, period. All right. So we, we got to decompress a little bit from uh, truth and therapy, but this is our thankful segment. So I got to ask you guys, what are you all thankful for this week? With everything going on, there's still got to be something that you're thankful for. Do I go or do you go? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I am thankful for my actual family, my church family, and the people I've adopted as family. I think that's first and foremost because, boy, <laughs> people come through in the clutch when you quarantine and you're like, sis, I need somebody to talk to. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, that's number one. Number two, I... I will say that I am thankful that Mm. I've learned how to put my trust in God when it comes to tithing. And that's a whole another topic. I know it is. But when I say I've worked the same exact job for two years and two years ago, I couldn't afford a lot of things. But two years later, I have no debt, just my car and my student loans. When I say my God is good, he is more than good. And when my mom called me today and said, actually, I don't know if I have enough. It took mm. nothing for me to open my phone and cash that person money and don't think about it twice. Be- because the same paycheck I've been making for two years, although I wish it could be more, 
the Lord has provided everything I've ever needed, wanted, still been able to move forward, buy clothes, buy food. Like I have went without, I haven't went without anything. And that is a beautiful feeling, especially when I can give back to the person that birthed me um, to say, hey, you take this money and go get whatever you can get because we don't know what's getting ready to happen. And I'm not fearful. I'm not scared. I'm not like, oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing without this money. It's one. I always feel like it's just money. It'll come back. But more than anything, God, I'm grateful that I had it to give. And if you needed me to give it to somebody else, I would have given it to a stranger, too, because in these hard times, more than anything, we need community. Um, we need compassion. We need love for the people next to us. Um, and I'm grateful that I'm in this space now and have trusted God so far with my life and will forever hey, trust God. Um, that if anything comes in, I'm like, here go your 10% off top. <laughs> like, oh, that's I don't real. even I gotta, think I about speak it. On that. Hey, bro, um, I ain't never been this broken in my life is when I ain't tired. Started tithing, swear. I, anyway, a Alex, Alex on. is on you, bro. A word. <laughs> um can i say ditto because she like said it <laughs> um <clears throat> wow um there's a saying that i said a long time ago that says um you know you are someone's ancestor adjust yourself accordingly mm. and um i think with that i am thankful to understand that I am thankful to realize that um, in me adjusting myself accordingly, the way that I treat others is so extremely important. Um, and so I think for me, I'm thankful with the state of the world right now. Um, let's just start off with that. Um, I'm thankful for the ability. And this is actually, um, I was talking to someone about this yesterday. I said, you know, to be able to plan, to be able to know that I have a home to sleep in and they're talking about quarantine yourself at home. What if you're homeless? Like, what do you do with that? Right. Um, basic things that I think that we constantly forget to give credit right. for. Alex is, I know Alex so is talking over there. Like she talking, she's dropping and gems so right with now. That and what's being we, said, we edit this you know, I just, I think that's my thing, you know, just being able to be, um, to be thankful for what's here what we have for uh, being able to to really understand, I think, my value when it comes to giving back to others and that I can do better with the people around me. I think that's so important. So I think that would be my, my biggest thing um, when it comes to that. I'm also thankful um, just for the people around me, for the family, um, that I have, you know what I mean? I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for, for you guys. I'm thankful for uh, the support system that I have to really be able to just support me in times um, when it comes to just everything that we have going on. I think we often uh, forget the people that we have around us, how they can support us. Um, and I also really just believe in giving people their flowers while they're here. Um, and so one of the things that I always like to do is just thank the people around me, you know, all the times that I get, because we got to give people like their flowers while we're here. We got to give people, um, you know, the thanks, <clears throat> excuse me, the thanks, um, you know, for just being there for supporting us. You know, last week I was stressed out and I, I literally picked up the phone and called Ashley. I said, hey, do you have a second? Um, she's like, yeah, what's up? But I was just like, ah, this is going on. She's like, okay, like, let's think through this. And I was like, okay, like, thank you. And then, um, you know, 
I thanked her for that because, you know, she took time out of her schedule to do that. So, yeah, so I know I just said a lot, but I would say the first thing is I'm thankful for, you know, the things that we don't think about every day, you know, shelter, water, food, that um, that's the first thing. Um, thankful for being able to give back to people. And then I think lastly, just uh, thankful for being able to um you know, have a support system around Sheesh. me of people that, that support bombs, me bombs, So yeah, bombs, okay, gems, said a lot. Gems, but I'm just gems. thankful. Nah, there you go. So <laughs> for me, like I say every week, man, I am thankful for my grown life family, grown cash family, real family, all of that. Because I think at a time, even in, even just in general, I'm glad and thankful for the family that I've been able to be a part of. And at the end of the day, it's it kind of comes down to that. So we're going to go ahead and pray for Grown Life Family. Everybody, we finna pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for Grown Life Family, Grown Cast Family. Facts with us. Ashley and Alex, thank you for them, God. I'm praying that you would continue to use them in, in your will and in your way, God. We're just praying that you would continue to bless them, give them the guidance and the wisdom that are needed throughout their lives and the things that they need, God. Give them the answers um, that they are looking for, but also give them that encouragement and that hope that only you can give. All of these things I'm asking in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys. So before I get up out of here, I got to say it, man. Look, to live a grown life, you must what? You must keep God first. That is another episode of the Grown Life Podcast. Thank you, Ashley and Alex, for joining me. I'm appreciative, and we will see y'all next time. All right. Peace. Here at the Grown Life, keep God first.